Hello, welcome to Swapping Joysticks. It is the 11th of October. No, it's not. We're not that far ahead. It's the 11th of August, 2022. Thank God it's not October. Although I wouldn't mind fast forwarding to the 11th of October because I feel like the next couple of months are going to be a bit hectic. Uh, but this is Swapping Joysticks, your home for LGBT gaming content. And I'm your host, Biggest Benis, aka Ben Ostwick, and I'm joined as always by the James Gurnalist himself, Ed Nightingale. That was a really terrible joke to start. What? October. Where did that come from? I don't know. I was looking at, I was like, eight. Eight's October, isn't it? No, it's not. Do you know what? <laughs> it's definitely not. It's <laughs> not. Do you know what it is in uh, just a matter of days? What? Tell us. It's your birthday. Oh. It is your birthday. Um, this time next week is your birthday, but we're not going to be, um, we're not going to be streaming. We're actually taking a week off just for one special week. Ed's demanded a very special it. week. Ed's <laughs> demanded that we have a week off. So uh, we will well, be no, taking. it's just, we've, we've got plans for a lot of the week. We do. We're going to be going to a Japanese restaurant. Mm. Mm, very nice. But if you are like, you know, starved of content, then we will be putting up the video on Saturday of Ed and I <laughs> racing in the Monaco Grand Prix. Not in real life. Uh, but on Formula One or F122, which it's been rebranded because re it was it used to be F1 2011 or 2012 or whatever, blah, 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 up to 2020. And then it's just F122, like FIFA. Well, it did get... It's a, it's a long number otherwise, isn't it? Yeah, but also it got bought by EA, didn't it? Codemasters. So they're just going for like the FIFA 22, F1 22, although they're not going for FIFA anymore. Well, exactly. So that'll change. This is the F1 is a new FIFA or not. Probably not. Um, but yeah, so that is what's happening next so week. You'll be, you'll be editing that tonight, right? I will be editing that tonight. That's why we've got to finish no later than really, I mean, 10 o'clock. But yeah, we will. We'll see about that because I've got to edit that. Plus edit the podcast. Plus do all this work. Plus I've got to put a edit wash on. Edit the podcast? When does that happen? I mean, you joke. I edit it by, well, I have to transfer it over to YouTube, and then I also have to download it, then I have to put the little jingle at the beginning, then I have to upload it, I've got to write the description of it. Um, yeah, it takes about an hour. Wow. As Molly says, he cuts the beginning and the end off. Exactly, that's editing. Sure. Because otherwise it'd be just, the first minute would just be kind of nothing. Uh, but yeah, anyway, you've been watching Uncoupled. Oh, we were just talking about this before stream. Um, yeah, there's a new Netflix show called Uncoupled with um, Neil Patrick Harris in it. And it's kind of trying to be like sex in the city for gays. Um, Sounds perfect. It's basically a guy who's newly single and is like in his 40s and is sort of out of touch with the younger gay world in New York. And it's just very like, oh my God, I'm a gay in New York. Oh my God. And it's the most irritating program. <laughs> I mean, I I've just heard good things about it. My boss, where my boss where? enjoys it, and as does and you trust your boss. Well, no, don't answer that. No, <laughs> just in case they're listening. Yes, I trust them with everything that they say, and all of their opinions. Ah, uh, but yeah, I mean, Moni's heard good things about it. I mean, you didn't like you didn't like uh, the Bruno thing, did you? The Bruno movie. 
why is that comparable? No, I mean, your taste can be questionable. What's it called, the one we don't talk about, Bruno? No. Not Bruno the movie, that's a different one. That's the LG one. Encanto, there you go. Oh, I thought you meant as in, like, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen. I was like, what? I didn't like that movie. Encanto is not good. And what makes Sorry. you say that? Oh, we don't, we don't have, we've got a podcast to do. We don't have time to go into Encanto. We don't talk about Encanto. No, we don't. Um, Uncoupled is terrible. Don't watch it. Honestly, you know, when there's a program and there's like the lead character and everyone around them and the lead character is just really insufferable and you're meant to really feel for them. And you're just like, you deserve this. Stop being an idiot. That's like, like the yeah. whole thing is basically, why did your partner leave you? It's like, cause you're an asshole. And now you've got eight episodes about you. Why am I watching this? Uh, I mean, you do like those kind of reality. Well, you do like reality TV shows that are just 99% asshole, don't you? Yeah, but you expect that from reality TV. This is like a drama that I expect to be well written and well acted. And it is neither of those things. Okay. Well, I won't watch it. I'll watch it as much as I watch all the other TV series. Ranty already, man. Yeah. Oh, we're ranty. And we haven't even got up to uh, talking about, I don't know, Mario Kart, which I'm sure will bring back horrible memories because I won last time. But anyway, yeah, we're going to be talking about, uh, well, also, yeah, we will be talking about the Mario Kart tracks. We are going to chat, obviously, about Two Point Campus now that I've had a good chance to play it. And we're going to talk about Final Fantasy XII, which Ed has been using to you know, chill and relax in the evenings, haven't you? I have, very much. All right. Well, let's first. So last after uh, the stream on Thursday last week, we went and played some Mario Kart. We just did a quick round. Or I think we just did two tournaments, like two four-race tournaments of the new tracks. What do you think to them? I mostly like them. Um, mostly like them. I like the classics. It's always good to have the classics in there. Um, I do like the change they've made to Calamari Desert because um, they've now changed it where the second and third laps you go along the tracks of the train um, so it means you actually are more likely to collide with the train as you go around which is the point of that track um, the penguins and Sherbet Land can absolutely do one they are designed to be just in the wrong place <laughs> um, and I actually really like the tour tracks um, I feel like the tour tracks kind of split opinion. Um, what I do like about them is that every tr- every lap is different. So mm. they they mix it up and you do a slightly different route every time. And I really like that because it's just, it's not the same thing every time. It's something a little bit different. And I feel like that could be an interesting spin um, that they bring in in future games. However, I don't like that they're based on real cities. See, it's that- really weird to be driving around and then there's like the Sydney Opera House. Like, I want the Mushroom Kingdom. I'm a purist when it comes to Mario Kart. I want Mario and Mario only. See, I quite like the tour tracks. I like that they're based on real places because that they're different to, yeah, the kind of the fantasy settings that we have on all the others. But they're also all similar in the fact that they are all based on a major city that with landmarks you'd recognize. So I do quite like that. And I do like that they change each lap, as you said. Um, but I know I have no problem with them touring real places. It's, it's a, a different game. It's tour. It's based on real life places. So... That's where they're from. I also say, I, I must say, I really like the SNES um, track that they've included this time because it does feel like a SNES lap. What's, I don't know which one is in the main game, what the name of it exactly is. Um, 
of the track that they've got that's based on a SNES track in the original. It's great. I don't know the names, it's just, but it's it, just, oh, that, that one and that, yeah. that one. <laughs> the SNES one that was on in the base game, that one feels like a really kind of revamped, but, you know, based on an old school SNES track. Whereas this current one is just like, yeah, let's make that SNES track more 3D <laughs> and we're going to keep everything as it was and just let you race around it. It just feels a lot more authentic to the original. See, that's the thing in this is that you've got the two extremes. You've got like the SNES track that feels like it's properly made for racing because it's basically flat, but it's got that like 90s Mario aesthetic, which I love. Um, yeah. And I'm very much a purist for that. So I also really, really like the SNES tracks. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you've got that bloody shitty ice cream sundae one that is one of the worst tracks. Mm. It looks like a Fall Guys track. Yeah. It's oh, it's weird. The way you go upstairs and you can you can oh. go through mm. the barrier bit is annoying. And there are way too many jumps. It, I I hate it. I really hate that track. It is a bit weird. And yeah, somebody said that the snares, one of the snares ones is uh the is Rainbow Road. But I'm just looking at it says that Rainbow Road was it wasn't the snares one. Apparently that Rainbow Road was uh, that's in the original is the Nintendo sixty four one. Um but the is it, but it's got it's got like a new Rainbow Road, like a new funky one, and then it's got the SNES. It's then it's got the Nintendo sixty four. I don't and believe then it. Then there is a SNES one. Is it there a SNES Rainbow in, Road? It might be in the DLC. <gasps> you're right. You're right. It's in the Triforce Cup. It was in the Zelda okay. DLC. That's right. No, I was thinking don't of you the. Test me. I I remember <laughs> that. I was imprinted my memory going around those because that's the one with all the really yes. sharp like square corners. That's right. And I remember playing that no the one i really remember is the one that was uh donut planes 3 so donut planes 3 is based on the snes one but it's like a really kind of like yeah we are gonna make this a mario kart 8 track but based on a snes one whereas the new one uh that's come out which is if i scroll well actually no i don't know the name of it because it won't let me uh it won't find out where are the mario kart oh it's mario kart 8 deluxe what's the name of the new one does anybody know? Feel free to uh, type it the in chat. One. The new uh, tracks. Yeah, Donut Plains 2 is the one. I liked it, but it didn't feel as authentic as it does on the new one. The one, the new one was the it's one of the first games I ever played. I've said this before. Was My sister came around with a SNES, and that was the first games console I ever played. And the first game I played on that was Mario Kart. And the one track that I remember was the one that's added into the DLC so I think pretty much the first video game I ever played was that one. So there you go. That is... Uh... Um, May 9 says that they implemented much of the anti-grav stuff in the new tracks. Not really. The Sunday one is entirely anti-grav. Um, but the other ones they haven't really. Um, which is fine. I quite like a mix of them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the SNES one, for instance, like I like it as it is. But had that had like an anti-grav section in the middle of it or something, that would have been quite cool. Yeah. I'm just looking at the um, list of the tracks, actually, I can tell you right now. So the ones that are released on the new one, we've got... Oh, my God, I don't want all these. It's just like people trying to... Uh... Nintendo Life, they'll surely have it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Wave 2. Is this what we've got? The Booster Pack confirmed track? Yeah. So from yes. the... From SNES was Mario Circuit 3. That was it. Mario Circuit. I do love a Mario Circuit. Um, it's also got New York Minute, Calamari Desert, Waluigi Pinball, which was fun. Which is great. <laughs> Sydney Sprint, uh, Snowland with the fucking penguins, as Ed would say. 
Mushroom Gorge and Sky... Also, those mushrooms can do one. Mm. I never liked that track on the Wii. Sky High Sunday, which is a... Yeah, it's a weird layout with the steps and things, i got to say. Yeah. Um, do you want to know what's in the next batch? Because it's basically all leaked. Uh, yes. Are the Moss Nez ones? Uh, of course. Oh, good. Um, basically, what Nintendo have done is the update that they do um, for the new tracks um, already has all the track names in it of all the extra packs that oh. aren't going to be released until the end of next year. Wait, have they leaked um, all of the names? Most of them, yeah. Wow. Um, and so there's also um, the, all the uh, the music as well has leaked. Uh, all the music tracks. Wow. So people have basically put everything together and worked out what is going to be uh, included in the next ones. So it's not quite all of them, but the next pack is pretty much all of them. Go on then, tell us. So in one of them, we're going to have, well, it's a track from Mario Kart Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, then it will be Peach Gardens from the DS. Oh, we like a Peach a Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, Boo Lake or Broken Pier from the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. And then Alpine Pass from the 3DS. Okay. And then the other one is going to be Berlin Byways from Tor. Right. Uh, Waluigi Stadium from the GameCube, which is great. Okay. Um, Merry Mountain, but we don't know what that's from. And then Rainbow Road from 3DS. Ooh, a new Rainbow Road. I'm always up for a new Rainbow Road. And the worst. And then there are also uh, elsewhere... Throughout the packs, we've got um, Amsterdam Drift, Singapore Speedway, Los Angeles Laps, Bangkok Rush, <laughs> and Vancouver Velocity for the tour tracks. Mm, any London? Oh, we had London. Uh, I haven't seen a London one. There mm. are a couple of gaps, though, so we might have a London one. Um, also, Maple Treeway from the Wii version is coming. That is a great one. I need to be reminded of all of these. I feel like I didn't play Mario Kart enough when I was younger. But I probably did, because I definitely played them and I definitely bought them. I even got the wheel. Up. I even got the wheel. I just can't remember any of them. Oh, what, the Wii wheel? Yeah. Oh, did, that was it was terrible. <laughs> it was, that was terrible. It was awful. It was like, I just hold the controller. It's much better. Yeah. But, yeah, so that is Mario Kart. And it's still got lots of longevity left. Good for them for not, you know, just releasing a new one and giving us more content to keep going until, undoubtedly. This will be the first Nintendo console, won't it, with no brand new Mario Kart game. Um, correct. Mm. Correct. Or do you think they'll sneakily... Maybe the, I've got a feeling that maybe if the Switch, you know, does get a successor soon or, you know, in a couple of years, they'll release it on both. Um, I don't know if they'll do that. I mean, you know... If... We're probably going to end up with Switch 2 next year alongside the new Breath of the Wild. Mm. But if they release it on um, both, but it could they're, be like... still, they're still pushing Mario Kart so much because it's so popular. Yeah. The main reason for all of this and then dragging it out is to make sure that people stay subscribed to Nintendo Online. That's why they're doing mm. this. I've, I'm sure they will release it on both because, I mean, Breath of the Wild came out on both as well, if you remember. It came out on the Wii U. It did. I just think they're not, they're going to look at the amount of switches that are sold and they're like okay we've got a brand new mario kart if we keep it on the switch as well if we make a you know a version on it of it that's available on the switch they're going to sell millions and millions and millions you know how many 
that they sell already. Mario Kart is such a system seller. People would buy the next console to get the new one. Hmm. Yeah, it depends whether you know how much of the new console they'll actually have in abundance. I mean, the thing is, there's still so much to play on the current one. Yeah. And we've still got another year's worth of tracks to come in this Mario Kart. So the next Mario Kart game is a very long way off yet. Yeah. Mainline says, as long as it's cross-compatible, that would be okay. Yeah, I really hope they do that. Yeah. All right, I've also been playing uh, some of Two Point Campus. Hey. Finally got to play some. Um so last Friday well, I streamed. Now it's your turn to rant about it because I ranted about it last week. I mean, I say rant. I just talked a lot. You did. I mean, you feel free. I talked a bit about Mario Kart. You you can butt in whenever you want. But yeah, I played some Two Point Campus last Friday, and I streamed it from seven p.m. till half one in the morning. I think it was. I literally had to force myself to stop uh, because that game is so addictive. I think management games, especially kind of sim management games, they are, well, not sim management games, management games with a bit of a comedy element, you know, kind of park management, rollercoaster tycoon, this type of game. I think they really do get their hooks into me and I think they do for many people as well. But it is a, yeah. it is a fantastic game. If you liked Two Point Hospital, you're going to love this because it just adds so many different layers and I followed your advice and I've been just one-starring it and going to the next, uh, the next one because it does seem that they unlock different things for you for every level. Now, I don't know, do yep. they unlock extra things as you're going for two-star and three-star, or is it just more of a challenge? No, it just extends the challenge. So it's like, right now, you need to get, I don't know, a higher campus rating, and you need to get your students to a higher grade and things like that. Mm. So, um, yeah, if you want to unlock and see everything, all you need is those one-stars. Yeah. It's, um, so the- it's, it's a bit like a um i don't know like a mario platform game like you don't have to collect everything to move to the next level but you can stick around and find everything if you want to yeah what's the one where you yeah you go back once you're a higher and you can go and yeah well, i'm trying to think of games where that you do that you know where you go from one part to another or you just go and complete the game you know basically but then as you're playing it you revolt you're getting more skills and you're able to go back and unlock certain things because that's what i'm going to do i'm aiming i'm aiming to kind of finish the game with one stars and then going back and with all the things that I've then unlocked throughout my playthrough, go and make it a little bit easier to get to uh, two stars and three stars. And we'll see whether that is true or not. But I mean, a few of the times, especially with the magic school, I was just throwing everything at it to get that one star because it has been quite mixed in the length of time that I've taken to get one star. Like I'm doing the cheese ball one, the um, sports yes. fluff bra at the moment. And I feel like I'm only about half an hour away from from getting that one star, and I've only been playing it for under an hour. Whereas the I, think I found that level a little easier. The wizard one took me a long time to get the average. It was getting the average grade to B plus. Because yeah, they were slackers. Yeah, they were hovering at C plus B, uh, C plus B for ages and ages, and it. I literally had to though, you know, had to build four private tuition rooms and keep sending people there when they were failing. And just constantly training my teachers, which maybe that you know that's what it was teaching me to do. Um, I was just hiring people, you know, off the street, being like, "Oh, you can teach dark arts, you can teach wizardry, you can do that." Uh, so maybe that was just teaching me that I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> and eventually, I got it, but it was, it was just, yeah, it's just a really addictive, but fun game. Like it, 
it, the performance on PC as well has been brilliant. I've not had a single crash, which for a brand new game, and it might sound like giving credit for it not breaking or stuff, but for a brand new game, for, for it not to crash or stutter or, or like have any performance issues in the hours and hours and hours that I've played of it is very, is pretty impressive. Um, yeah, that's yeah. surprising. And all I the, mean, I the just, other thing yeah. for, for just doing the one stars really is is spending your kudosh. Yes. Because that's what carries over into each level. So once you've unlocked a decorative item once, um, you can access it in all the levels. And there are other things you want to spend your kudosh on first, like book, bookcases or special things that are needed for assignments. Um, and you want to unlock those things first before you go spend all your money on decorative stuff. Oh, thanks so for telling me that that's now. Why, that's why you want to you know, go through all the levels so that you can focus just on that. And then you can go back again and add those in without spending your kudosh, which means any more kudosh you can spend on the decorative stuff. Um, <sighs> what I will also warn, because I didn't realize this until I was playing through it on Tuesday, is if you play sandbox mode, you have to unlock everything all over again. Okay. So you can play any level with any course, but all of the stuff you unlock with kudosh, you're starting from scratch. So there was stuff I was like, oh, I can decorate with this and do that and realized, oh, wait, I don't have the kudosh because I've got to unlock it again. So if you are going to play on sandbox, just be aware of that. All right. I thought they'd include the stuff that you'd already unlocked then, I guess. Only in the main campaign. I'm intrigued but to see. Also on sandbox, there's a creative mode where it gives you like the maximum money and tons of kudosh. So what you can then do is just unlock everything because it's it doesn't carry over anywhere in sandboxes. That's just that one instance of you playing mm. that is self-contained. Um, so you can basically do create mode and just unlock everything you want to see if you want to. Can you set your own challenge up? Can you send like a challenge mode? You can do custom modes, yeah. Okay. That's, oh, yes, I saw you starting that. That looks cool. I'm also intrigued to see what the final level is as well, because I know what it's called, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is kind of like a sandboxy mode at the end. It's like a final test. Hmm. It seemed plain. I'm not going to give it away, but it seemed like it would be a good thing to just put everything you've tested in and put mm. down. But yeah, I will be intrigued. Maybe before I do that, I'll go back and try and three star the other levels. It's just a, it's a fantastic game. There's so much to it. Every level feels completely different and they are introducing new mechanics, which I love. I love that in a game. Whenever a game, every level gives us new mechanics or a new way of playing well not necessarily a way of playing but a new thing to consider i i just love that in a game and that's what it does it's constantly you're you're constantly being like oh my god what well not oh my maybe not oh my god but you're going oh what's what's gonna be in the next level what okay well, yeah. i can see that the you know it's sports or it's magic or it's knights in armor you know it what is so we know that the theme's going to be completely different, but also they're going to introduce something new like marketing or pastoral service or a medical room. And yeah. then you're also thinking, oh, wait, I'm doing, for example, I'm doing Fluffborough now. I'm like, okay, well, sports, Fluffborough, it's okay, sports, so I'm definitely going to need a medical room. And, and then you're thinking a lot more in advance and it's getting much more complicated. And I know that you have played a spy one. And I'm so intrigued to see what they do there. Because I, I think you played the spy level or you played a bit of it on stream and I muted and I minimized did. the stream. I do apologize, but I <laughs> want to go in completely blind and not to uh, have any idea of what's going on. That's understandable. Like, and that's what I really like about it is that the campaign is essentially just a tutorial to teach you the game mechanics, but it's the way that each level just hands out a little, a little extra thing, puts an extra little twist on it. 
to keep you on your toes. So I feel like the difficulty curve of it is really, really well paced. Yes. Um, yeah, I you really were like. getting, you found it quite you tough, didn't you? You never feel like... overwhelmed. No, but you found it quite tough a bit later on, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean well, tough is, you know, relative in the sense of he took maybe hours. it's more difficult to get one star, but at the same time, mm. th there's no time limit. So yeah. you can take as long as you like, you know, if it takes you, you know, five in-game years to get to one star because you were slowly making money rather than doing it in like one year or two years, that's completely fine. Like it's Thank your you. way of playing Thank you. You obviously watched my magic year, my, my wizarding school, because that took like five, um, six, maybe even seven years to get the B plus average. But it's it's totally on you to play it at your pace yes. um, and take your time over it. So there are these goals which are to get the stars, but you can really take your time. And, you know, if you want to make it super difficult and try and speed run it, by all means, take out all three loans, spend mm. all your money and then be hampered with nothing afterwards. That's definitely what I did when I was reviewing um, and then regretted uh, it. So I had to yeah. go back and do it again. See, I've um, been taking it quite slowly because I'm like, I'm on stream. I'm streaming it. I can chat to people in the chat at the same time. And I've never had a money problem. I think I only took a loan out once and ended up paying half of that off when I was, because I was just making so much money. Because it was just like a couple of things that I needed with that loan. And I was able to pay it off because the money was just flying in. Um, yeah, as Helio said, that I love that there's no time limit. And yeah, there isn't. And there's even, like, even when there is a time limit, there aren't any real problems. Like the uh, life munchers that are definitely not death eaters in uh, the wizarding one. <laughs> It tells you like how long you've got left to, you know, eliminate all the life munchers. And when I was getting into the last few years, there were like eight, nine of them appearing. And I only had like two janitors with the uh, defense uh, thing. So I was only like getting rid of half of them. Still got a bit of money. It just, they just made a sarcastic comment. <laughs> yes, Lady V. In the um, definitely not Harry Potter level, um, <laughs> there are um, life munchers instead of death eaters. Yeah. There are lots of puns. Life munchers, not wife munchers. Wow. Where did that come from? Just They are life munchers, and then you can basically just make it as gay as possible, which is incredible. Mm. You can. Um I'm and the yeah, the time limits and lack of natural disasters make me happy. I mean, I have been getting like asteroids flying from the sky that my janitors have to clean up. Um but apart from that. So far, they're the only natural disasters that I've had. Mm. I will say nothing. <laughs> Intriguing. What about you? Have you? Because you've played a little bit more. Anything new that you've come across? Nothing that I haven't already said. It's uh, like I say, it's just a really fun game. Um, I think Sandbox is great um, because you can just throw all your money at it and go into creative mode. So you can just spend all your money unlocking all the different things that you want. Mm. Um, and then just create a real weird fantasy school, um, which is what the game's all about. So yeah. the sandbox mode is definitely there for people that want to spend hours tinkering away, decorating things and making their, their dream school. I've also had, like playing this game has given me a new obsession for management games. And I'm currently... I'm streaming Two Point Campus right now and stuff, but I will be as well going back to um, some Planet Coaster. And quite a lot of the time when I'm just chilling or relaxing and I need something on in the background, I've been watching Planet Coaster videos and I am, I've got so many ideas and I feel like I'm going back, going back to it now after a week of watching these videos, I'm going to be hopefully a lot better 
at uh, creating rides because I've just got all these ideas and I've seen what things are available and what things are possible in that game that you don't realize. Like there's some kind of like wooden fence and, oh, you know, that wooden fence can be the uh, kind of the scaffolding underneath a path or you can make it, you can make this one plank that's on the floor that looks like a, you know, a pirate ship has just left this wooden plank. No, you can literally build something with as many of those planks duplicated as possible. It's the amount of customization in that is wild and it makes me also want to play some planet zoo um, in the chat mr Wibwood just said that when we were talking about natural disasters it's not like the game ending tornadoes in jurassic world jurassic world evolution and i'm like oh I, I did like that game i might you know have a little play of that too so i'm yeah see i've started watching planet coaster videos as well yeah <laughs> and i don't even have it and i'm really i've been so tempted to buy it for so long i think i'm gonna have to take the plunge at some point mm. um and just watching videos of what people do and riding them all in, in first person thinking, oh, I wish I could go to a theme park right now. And I can't. But what I'm instead going to do is sit on YouTube and watch fancy roller coasters in first person view. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun. I could spend hours doing that rather than, rather than actually playing the game. Even actual like POVs of real roller coasters are like creeping into my YouTube watch channel list now, a recommended list. There was one, speaking of Jurassic World, there's one, there's a Jurassic World ride. Where is it? Because it looked incredible. Um, it's Universal Studios. I'm not sure if it's Florida or California. Um, it's one of them. And it's, it's the Velociraptor ride. Okay, because I, yeah, I saw the POV of that and was like, this, if I built this exact ride in Planet Coaster, it would be red. Like, there would not be a, it would not, it would make everybody puke. Because <laughs> it was just constantly extreme, and I'm like, you know what? I want to go. I want to go and play that. I'm going to go ride it. I mean, I was thinking, I I need to get Planet Coaster. We should maybe have a competition as to which one of us can make the best roller coaster. Ooh, and we have to ride it. Yeah, I don't know if if people would want to watch that, but we could uh, we could ride each other's roller coasters, mm. and then um, and then get the chat to vote on which one they like the best. I said you constantly hear the Jurassic Park theme near the Wizarding World in Orlando. <laughs> the crossover nobody wanted. Yeah, exactly. Um, dinosaurs eating wizards. There. What have you been... What has been swapping your time? It doesn't quite work with a new name, does it? No. What's been swapping your joystick? Well... Um, I'm not sure if that I'm works either. Swapping anything with it. It's too hot. <laughs> far too hot um i well having finished uh playing with uh two points because i've taken over <laughs> so just had my life for the last couple of weeks in my head swabbing uh, joysticks just came to my head and <laughs> no no swaps thank you very much <laughs> no thank you <laughs> um i have got back into final fantasy 12 i've also been playing some 14 which i know i always go on about um i'm i'm getting back into that as well but I'm playing Final Fantasy XII because it's on PS Plus and you can play it in double speed. <sighs> so I'm basically trying to race through it. Um, I could rant about this game for a long time <laughs> and I will try and keep it brief. Um, it is a deeply, deeply flawed Final Fantasy game. Um, I kind of love it, <laughs> but I also hate it. Um, I played it on PS2 when it came out. It was my second year of university, I think. And I loved Final Fantasy X and I wanted more of the same. And it's not that at all. 
Final Fantasy twelve is when Square Enix really went experimental and decided to do something totally different. Um, Eleven between them um, was an MMO. Um, and so I think with 12, what they were trying to do is sort of recreate that MMO feel, but in a single player game. Um, and they experimented with a lot of things and some of it works and some of it really doesn't work. I think, um, I love the characters. I think it's got a really, really great cast of characters that I actually want to use all of them. And you can only use three in battle, which is really annoying because I want to use all of them, except for Varn, because he's an annoying little twink and I want to punch him. Nothing um, wrong with twinks. But also Balthier is super hot, so I'd rather play as him the whole time. <laughs> um, the cast is also basically Star Wars and the story is basically Star Wars as well. Um, I like the Star Wars and I like the setting because it's um, it's a more sort of, it's trying to be a more grounded political thriller. Um, rather, I mean, it ends up becoming very Final Fantasy, um, save the princess. But and the crystals, do they have of, to take the crystals? No, it's got Nethersite instead, oh. which is basically crystals um, under a different name. Um, so it's uh, it's a bit more sort of political grounded. Um, and I like that. It's trying to do something a little bit different. I also really like the art style. Um, it mm. looks slightly odd. It looks slightly odd in the HD remaster. Um, which is what I'm playing. In the original, they sort of shaded on the textures of things to make it look more realistic and add more depth to it. And when you move that to HD, it kind of just gives you characters with weird markings on them. Yeah, you know, but... have you ever seen RuPaul's Drag Race when they do like the when they talk about their past childhood traumas in front of the mirror while they're putting on makeup? All the characters look like that, like they're drag queens halfway putting on makeup. Yeah, they've got the lines perfected and stuff like that, and they're look permanently surprised but i've grown to like it because i really like the character designs and i feel like it with that along with a sort of slightly blurry ps2 textures <laughs> it just feels a bit more sort of watercolory in a way that like skyward sword was trying to be but failed and this feels a bit more sort of watercolor painting like they're trying to you know it has a sort of artistic vibe to it which i like um i also like the battle system and I didn't like it when I first played it um, because essentially it's an auto battler. It plays itself. Um, it has this system called the Gambit system that allows you to program all of your characters. So you have different lines and you have actions and targets um, and uh, you can basically program all of your characters to do whatever you want them to do. And it means that when you go into battle, it's completely hands off. You just walk in and the characters do whatever they're going to do. And I hated that as a kid because I was like, I don't feel active. I don't feel like I'm taking part in this. Um, but I sort of grew to like it more towards the end. And now that I'm playing it again from scratch, knowing that that's what the battle system is, I've actually started to really enjoy it. Um, and that's also because you can play it in double speed. So you don't even have to press anything. And they just run around and kill everyone for you at double speed. And you're like, oh, this is great. Um, and it basically puts the emphasis on strategy before battle so you have to have programmed everything and if you're having to step in and change things it kind of shows that your gambits went right whereas if you walk in and everything works smoothly there's a sort of satisfaction in that that you got through the battle without having to do anything even though it maybe feels annoying that you didn't do anything um that feels like what... a game that would be perfect on mobile kind of i mean i haven't 
played it on Switch. I'm playing it on PlayStation, but I imagine it would be a fun Switch game as well uh, for on the go. I've got it on Switch. Well, there you go. I'll have to give it a go. Well, by the way, uh, fun fact by Erinus, it was the first Final Fantasy title where the character's fingers moved independently. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. I mean, the character models are beautiful. The environment's less so, but the character models are beautiful. Yeah, the dungeon I watched you play through was... <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what I also like about the battle system is that it kind of puts more emphasis on this metagame of leveling up your characters um, with the license board. And they've really played with that in the Zodiac Age, which is this remaster, where... Um, it basically adds a job system, so a bit like Final Fantasy XIV. Um, and each character is given a license board, which is like a sort of checkerboard that you can go around and you unlock all the different, not just abilities, but also access to different weapons and armors. So when you get a weapon, you can't immediately use it until you have bought the license on the board in order to get access to it. Um, and sometimes that becomes a bit annoying because you're sort of nowhere near what you need or you're like, oh, I've got this great weapon, but I can't use it yet. There's also a lot more emphasis on um, shops and buying stuff because you have to have bought a lot of the um, uh, spells before you can use them or um, you have to sell all of your crap to get money. Um, and sometimes that can be annoying. Even the gambits, you have to buy them all and there are hundreds to buy. So that becomes quite annoying when you're nowhere near a shop, but you want to set up a gambit in your head and you can't do that. Um, I've basically not used any mages because like, I don't have enough gambits to actually set them up how I want them to be. Um, but you know, there's a nice metagame of like leveling up your characters and halfway through, you get access to a second job for each of your characters. So they basically can have two jobs each. So you can have someone who's a black mage and a white mage, or someone who's a ninja and a monk or whatever else. Um, and you can really mix and match across. There's a lot of strategy in choosing your your jobs and, and how you level up the characters. So I actually really like that, that metagame, the way that they did that. I know for 13, they then went really linear with the whatever their equivalent sphere grid license board thing was and it was crap um but with this there's a lot of um customization in it and that's really really fun so that's where the real meat of the game is there are some things however that i absolutely hate about it um i hate the dungeons oh. the dungeons are terrible every single dungeon is either a mine or a desert or a tomb every single wood. one is just think it was a wood you went through brown. There's a wood, but it's really dark. You can't see anything. Yeah. Everything is just like a complete labyrinth. That There's very few puzzles. It's so easy to get lost in them. They look yeah. drab and brown. Lady V says them. the eye roll. Lady V, Ed was bored playing it. Now imagine me watching somebody play it. That's how boring it was. You weren't even looking at the screen. You were looking at the map, weren't you, to follow the way... Well, that that's the thing is that there's a mini map or you can click a button to overlay the map over the entire screen. So I just use that and just follow the little dots around the map. I don't even look it's where like I'm going. Pac-Man, like a really shit like, Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, and you've got it on double speed, which is a saving grace to get through the dungeons quicker. Um, and you just look at the map and they just auto-battle while you're going. So it kind of trivializes it, but it also sort of makes it fun, even though you're getting through the game quicker. Um, so that's nice. There's also quite a lot of um, grinding in the game to level up which again, double speed makes it a lot quicker. So that's nice. Um, so I feel like it's kind of a bit of a flawed game, 
um there are a lot of little annoyances with the way that you level up that don't quite work but i sort of still really like it anyway um and i'm really i haven't finished it yet i did finish it when i was younger um so i'm looking forward to to finishing this off again although erinus was just saying that the final dungeon is terrible so i've got that to look forward to but at least it's uh it's double speed yeah um, speaking of great JRPGs, JRPGs, I've actually been playing a little bit of uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, I'm still in what they probably call the tutorial. Um, because you how can, many hours is that? <laughs> five. I think I'm five in. Because I'm currently playing as the tank. Or I've just started a level where they're going to teach me like how to be a tank in the game. If anybody doesn't know, when you play like an MMO, you've got your tank, you've got your healer, and usually a couple of DPS. I mean, that's from Final Fantasy fourteen. I don't particularly, I haven't really played any other MMOs, but I assume it's something similar. But yeah, and it's similar in this game. You can choose who you play as. I think there are about, well, I don't want to give it away, but I think there are about eight characters you can play as. Um, but you can choose their roles. And at the moment, I've been the main character, uh, whose name escapes me, uh, who is called, who is like a DPS, typical you know, damage. Then I've played as the healer for a bit, which is okay. I think p people tell me that playing as the healer is actually quite easy because everybody else does all these great moves and stuff and you're just there making sure that they stay alive, giving them buffs. And yeah, I'm going to be trying out the tank person. And then I'm guessing you can choose who you play as in battles. So, you know, if you're more of somebody that likes to play as a healer in, a, in the game, you can play the whole thing as that. But I think we spoke about that last week. So, I will play a bit more this week and uh, keep you updated and let you know what it's going to be like next time. I will say from watching a few people play um, Xenoblade on stream, um, I feel like there's actually quite a lot of similarity with the battle system of 12. Um, mm. The way that you can play as any character, um, the sort of the lines that arc over as you target enemies, um, the way it in some ways sort of plays itself a little bit. Um, if you imagine that, but you have to set up all the AI of your companions, that's how 12 plays. Okay. Well, I'm... Well, yeah, it's it's fun so far, and I'm looking forward to playing more. Uh, Lady V says, until I started working in this industry, I thought JRPG was John, Ringo, Paul, and George. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, there that is I'm gonna to have to screenshot that because that is the best <laughs> thing I've seen all day. There we go. Something broken, Ed. It did. Yeah. I've been playing JLPGs for a long time, so oh. <laughs> Benny, what have you been playing anything else or I think we should see what chat's been playing. Or yes. at least what, what people in Dixord have been playing. You go and tell us what chat's been saying while I screenshot this amazing quote um let's go through um a couple of people have been playing hearthstone no i've never <laughs> played hearthstone before um, um i know it was huge a few years ago i mean i have played hearthstone before but i've not played this new kind of battle royale version of it the fast moving one um it was very complicated and i kept dying in the tutorial so i wasn't quite sure what was going on but people seem to love it yeah um yeah it was marioth uh, Marius, sorry, Hearthstone Battlegrounds is the only game I play for a while now. Simple card game that does not stress me out like shooting games where you have to aim. <laughs> mm. Fair. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Mr. Millhill, I've been mostly actually playing around with an AI artist, which is super addictive. But other than that, I've been having some fun in Hearthstone with the new expansion. Still super fun game, but still lots of balance issues. And it's very expensive if you really want to get into it. I'm presuming there are microtransactions. Mm. In, um... yeah, in uh, Hearthstone. Yes. Yeah, you pay, yeah, you don't you buy packs? Or maybe, I, yeah, maybe I'm being told about that. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Uh, Randy Pasta, um, I've been playing two early access games this week. Ooh. The first is Dinkum, which is basically an Australian Animal Crossing Stargy type game. I've only played the first hour so far, and I'm enjoying the grind of making money and crafting things. I've never heard of that. The other is Farthest Frontier, a survival city building game. It's a bit like Banished, but with the difficulty ramped up. I barely scrap through the winter as any food you grow or gather actually spoils over time. Even if you store a lot of food, it's likely spoiled in months. Plus, you have to keep defending against attacks from wild animals and bandits. It's not going to be for everyone, given the uh, the learning curve, even on the lower difficulties. And Brenda yeah. has also <laughs> been playing Farthest Frontier. So all these people playing games I haven't even heard of. <laughs> And you are meant to be great. the game. You're meant to be the games journalist here. No, this is this is great. Yeah. Um, I haven't played it myself, but I've watched a lot of gameplay. Um, there's this game that finally went into early access the day before yesterday called Father's Frontier. It's a really detailed medieval city builder with lots of different mechanisms and events that you have to keep an eye on. Proper micromanaging game, not for you then, Ben. Uh, that looks really stunning. So I'm really interested to start playing. Hmm. I just got really confused because two people in chat said hi Ed, and it's another Ed. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? what trying to get his attention. Yeah, it's interesting to see two people playing the same uh, the same one. Apparently, Hearthstone the packs cost everything. Now, Miss Milhill says new expansion comes, you need to buy new cards. Is that a thing where, yeah, if you don't buy the latest cards that are out, you're not going to be as well equipped? Because that must be quite infuriating. Unless it's, I mean, I mean, I say that, but that's the case with like Destiny and pretty much any game that's kind of constant. You do need the latest stuff if you want to be, you know, the highest level. But I mean, if Hearthstone is purely PvP, mm, then that maybe leaves a bit more of a sour taste. But yeah, I think it's the same with most games that are a live service. You'll need the latest thing if you want to, you know, be the max level. Yeah, mm. that's why I don't want to start with any of those things because I don't want to get sucked into that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, Ollie Ray's been playing Road ninety six, which actually sounds really interesting. Uh, you play the game about eight times. But each time you play as a different teenager trying to flee the country without being killed or arrested. Every decision you make changes the story and there are thousands of possible outcomes of the game. So no one's playing through it the same as, uh, sorry, no one's playthrough is the same as anyone else's. Um, it's set in the 90s in 1992. I absolutely love the characters you're introduced to. I'm down for the 90s vibe. Yeah. Uh, if you're you remember 92, don't you? I do. I was... High school? Five. Oh. High school, screw you. It's your birthday, next. We're only. Oh my gosh, we're only this. We're the same age for only one more week. Let's not go there. Um, so also that's on Game Pass, Road ninety six. So I might have to give that a go. Uh, Moni's also been playing Two Point Campus, but on the Switch. Um, uh, played a bit now. The controls are obviously not super ideal. They are as good as they can be on the Switch. Um, you have to go through a lot of menus to get where you want to go. Uh, they try to split it up as well as they can. And there's always a pointer, uh, what button you need to click now to get to where you potentially want to go. And they have quite a good initial start point selection on new menus. So it seems like the controls work all right on Switch. I've heard I've heard fairly good things about it. Yeah, we were 
Because yeah, we haven't even mentioned that we went to a launch event on Monday. We did. To a two, yeah, two point, the two point canteen. Now there are videos that if you've been following us on any, I mean, I've posted it on everything really, different videos on the, on each. Ed, for the very first time, had a turkey Twizzler in his mouth. And what was your opinion of, so yeah, this is a two point canteen. It was, I think it was just a one day thing because it was open the following day. It was open on Tuesday. Um, and we went on Monday to like a special fancy event thing where we got to uh, meet some pe- wonderful people such as Ebonix, um and some other people that we knew. But we got what they were wanting to describe as a an authentic school dinner that had been put on by a chef. And let's just say, I don't think Ed went to a state school because he was not, he did not recognize any of that. I recognize, I've heard of it. Quail eggs on toast. This isn't a quail eggs on toast. <laughs> no, I actually took a packed lunch to school. Of course you did. <laughs> was it venison sandwiches? No, it was like, I'd have like chicken nuggets or mini sausage rolls or you, something you've eaten a sausage roll and oh, chicken nuggets up. you definitely had baby bell yes <laughs> i know that because you Who still doesn't love a baby you bell? still have baby bell yeah baby bells are great we had baby bell on that bench it's lovely yeah my mum decided to buy us some yeah that was that was really nice i've never i don't think i've ever had baby bell do you really? know do you know the one time I had Baby Bell? I bit into it. Oh, you've told me this story. I don't think I have. No, you have. Oh. Well, I won't say it then, because if I've told you, then nobody can you hear it. You ate the wax, right? I ate the wax. Yeah. And was like, that's disgusting. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I didn't see the little thing that you used to peel the wax off. But yeah, I didn't really want awful yeah so it put me Absolutely. off for life although I, but then i had it as a for the second time and was like you know what well i, I didn't sp- i did spit the wax out but then i was like well if that's what it's meant to be tasting like then no i don't want it <laughs> um yeah what i want to know is what is a full-size baby bell there's only mini baby bell is it just the bell <laughs> <laughs> a big cheesy bell <laughs> Let's not go there, please. <laughs> Very waxy. <laughs> oh, no. Please, no. Make it stop. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was... But then, yeah, no, I had your mum's baby bell and it was, you know, wax off was very nice. There you go. Lovely. Hmm. Well, I've now eaten a turkey Twizzler and I'm pretty sure it's not actually turkey that's in it. Or if it is, it's like turkey anus or something. It's fucking disgusting. I don't understand where they even got them from because I'm pretty sure turkey Twizzlers were banned. Turkey Twizzlers ingredients. Four turkey sauce. Oh, this is how to make it yourself. What are turkey Twizzlers made of? The original corkscrew strips of processed meat contained only 34% turkey, bulked up with water, pork fat... Rusk, felt like the baby food. Uh, rusk and coating, uh, sawdust. No, I didn't say that. Um, as well as a range of additives, sweeteners, and flavorings. Thirty-four percent turkey. Turkey sphincter. 
Yeah. Isn't Rusk biscuit a different thing? Rusk is like is is all the bits of sort of bone and fat and all that crap that gets mixed up together. Turkey neck. Yeah. Yeah, it's pure neck. <laughs> Might contain. It's just it just was the worst thing. It had such a like heavy, rich kind of taste to it, which you don't expect from turkey. Mm. When something's over... also, it was cold. Yeah, it was cold, and also when it's when something's over flavored, you just like that's hiding something. The same thing. So one thing I do it I do love is the vegan sausage. Uh, the vegan sausage roll from Greg's. It's fantastic. But they brought out a vegan steak bake, and they just I oh know I think it was the vegan. I don't know if it was a vegan steak bake or if it was no, it was a vegan steak bake, and they just piled so many flavorings in there and so many spices that it just tasted like you know a pot of potpourri. And it just did not, you knew it was disguising the fact that there was no taste. Whereas the vegan sausage roll, top quality. There you go. Mm. I love the sausage. Anyway, it was a lovely evening. Just the food was not ideal. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, what was the other thing we had? Oh, I had a um, cupcake. A mug cake. Yeah. I, no, I've got a whole book about mug cakes. Not a cupcake. Like a, a recipe book. Yeah? No. Yeah. So, um, a, well, a mug cake is just kind of making a cake in a mug in the microwave. So it means that rather than baking an entire cake, you can just mix enough ingredients to put in a cake, uh, to put in a mug, and then you cook it very quickly in the microwave for like two minutes. And then you are left with um, just an individual cake for yourself. So if you're like, I just really, really fancy cake, you can make a mug cake very quickly. And I will be making you one for your birthday next Friday. No, you will not be making me a mug cake. You can do damn well better than that. <laughs> when was the last time you used your microwave? Well, it's not my microwave. Don't use that <laughs> excuse. Don't use that. It's there. It can be used by anybody. When was the last time you used a microwave? Uh, probably when you were around and I made... Um... Pot noodle. No. Um, I had, we had muffins with, with poached egg and spinach. And I think I just... Blitz the spinach quickly in the microwave. I thought it tasted funny. <laughs> Taste funny. It was well seasoned. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was the poached egg on muffins. Yeah, <laughs> that's when I used the microwave. Ah, brilliant. You do not get an old, You don't get a co-op mac and cheese ready meal. Lady V's, don't you use your microwave to make tea? Lady don't V, start. since when were you American, Lady V? Don't start. <laughs> uh, I actually really like spinach. I've, it's grown on me a lot. It goes so well with like a very, you know, a nice salty poached egg. And a nice muffin. You're mm. welcome. Yes. It's delicious. Thank you very much. Um, okay. Anything else in the news? Well, or anything in the news? For the bits and pieces. What, do you want to... Oh, you want to skip the news now? No, 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 no. We can keep going. <laughs> We're going to play some Splatoon afterwards, by the way. So Splatoon 2. Um, so if you do have Splatoon 2 and you want to join us, get it ready. Um, well, Gemma's written a little essay on Bear and Breakfast, which I know some people um, have been playing on stream and a lot of people really like it because it's just come out. Um, I've played about 20 hours of Bear and Breakfast in the last five to six days, says Gemma, which is a ton for me with my current schedule. I've also dreamt about it every single night since getting it. I know that. Ed <laughs> I was always dreaming of dream Fantasy 12 like, oh. arcs of battle last night. And you also dream of bears and breakfast. 
I mean, what's not to love about bears and breakfast? <laughs> um, having said that, it's definitely not perfect. I'd say seven out of ten. Oh. We've got a score. Excellent. We love to get a score. Oh yeah, let's do that next year. Next week we want scores as well with your reviews. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, sometimes the layouts are frustrating and view rotation is non-existent. You are constantly upgrading items, but you can't sell old items; only toss them. The garbage can only em- the garbage can only empties once a day, so it's definitely possible to have a pocket full of things you can't use and get rid of. And there's only one central storage area outside of your pocket. That does sound quite annoying. Um, having said that, there are things I adore in capital letters. The tone is both funny and sweet. Hank the Bear is a delightful character, and the art is a perfect complement to the story. The story is pretty light-handed, but carries the game well enough, and the cast of characters are charming and funny. It also has one of the best cooking mechanics of any of the management games I play. It's just evolved enough and gets a bit more complex as you go. I end up cooking way more food than I need because of it. I do love a cooking mechanic in a game. What's the best cooking mechanic in a game? I I mean, it's a basic answer, but I really enjoy it in Breath of the Wild. I like holding it and then dropping it in. Yeah, I like mm. that, and the the way it all bounces and stuff. Bing, bing. I really like the animation of it, but I also like how you can you can experiment, so you can mix and match different all the different ingredients to just see what happens. Yeah, um, and I like that because that's what cooking should be about. I enjoy the realism in Final Fantasy Fifteen. That food, that too, makes me that hungry. Did look very nice. Uh, and Battle Chef Brigade. Battleship Brigade. Chef, what's that? Battle Chef Brigade. Oh, but is it Battle Chef Brigade or just Battle Chef? Oh, Battle Chef. Yeah. Battle Ship. No, Battle Chef Brigade. Yeah, it was Battle Chef Brigade. That was uh, interesting from what I remember. I got I got really into it. Yeah, it was like matching numbers and things to make food. It was fun. Was Anything gonna... else in the news? Well, let's talk about the news. Oh, um, <laughs> I keep saying that and I'm like, oh, actually, I haven't started the news. We haven't even started the news bit, but we will start that right now. Just Excellent. For you, ben. Thank you. Um, well, the big news of the week is that we had a Nintendo Direct. Um, all about Splatoon 3. Uh... Um, which is a large reason why we're going to play some Splatoon after this. Um, it was a good half an hour, and a large chunk of that was taken up with explaining the basics of the game and what it is. I feel like this is very much a refresh of Splatoon um, in terms of trying to get a new audience um and and just try and get everyone into it on a on a new playing field um but there's enough new little tweaks in there that i think it's going to be really fun excuse me for existing players um one of the biggest things is that they are now going to have three-way fights for the splatfests um so splatfests are coming back which is obviously voting which side you want to be and then battling out see which one wins they will now be three-way and the battles will come in two halves, and the second half will be four v two v two from across all three um, uh, categories. Four v three v two. Four v two v two. So it will have one team in the middle of all four, and then there'll be two from another team oh. and two from a third team either side. Um, so we're going to get a nice chaotic three-way battle, which is going to be fun. Yeah. What, what um, kind of things do you think it'll be? What What's like three? Because obviously, you know, they go chicken versus the egg or it's heads versus tails or whatever, or cats versus dogs. What would be a three-way? I I did see a good meme that was basically like Nintendo is going to cause absolute mayhem and it's going to be like the three starters of Pokemon. (laughs) Or it will be which house did you choose in Fire Emblem Three Houses? Yeah. Or um, Xenoblade 1, 2 or 3? 
um, and people will pick them and it will be awful. What three would, <laughs> yeah. Or we'd have, yeah, cats, dogs, or, you know, neither. Hate pets. <laughs> Rabbits. <laughs> cats, dogs, food. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the first one is going to be rock, paper, scissors, I, which is... Is it? A little bit, yeah. I was literally rock, thinking paper, that as an example. So it's rock, paper, scissors, um, and that's actually coming a week before, I think it's a week before release, um, as a free demo, so that oh, everyone can try it out. I like that. That's really boring. Also, which, which are you going to pick? With that demo, um, you also get a week's access to Nintendo Switch Online. So if you don't already have Nintendo Switch Online, you basically get um, get a week for free, um, which is nice. Um, Eurogamer, basic one. It's not the expansion. IGN, Gamespot. Oh, it's no contest. Mm. Uh, yeah, it'll be like Earth, Wind, Fire. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> That's actually quite a good one. To be fair, mm. Earth, Wind, and Fire. They, I don't think they get away. I don't think they get away with that though. Um, top, bottom, verse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, the three-way. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> that's what I was band, doing. Yeah, <laughs> speaking um, of, is in line with the new idols. So each game has new idols that are the announcers, um, and they have new ones who form a group called Deep Cut. Can we skip so them? We now have Shiver, Fry, and a big Stingray called Big Man. Um, I haven't watched this direct, by the way. Are... I need to watch it. <laughs> you do. Um, so they are the new idols. And yes, you can now skip that. So they will contact you on a phone that will come up in the corner of the screen instead of having that announcement every time you log on. Oh, thank God, because that was the worst which part, which we will <laughs> I will show you very soon when we start playing yeah. it. It's that off. Stay thing. off the hook. All right, all right. Yeah. Um, there's also going to be another story mode. Um, so that's fun. Uh, there's going to be Salmon Run coming back. There are going to be some new maps. There's also some new moves, which I think could be really cool. There's one that's a dodge move. Mm. So um, you can basically quickly dodge and go in another direction, um, which I think genuinely could be a game changer. Um, and there's an, another uh, move where you can boost up walls. So if you're currently kind of in squid form sliding up, um, you can kind of boost yourself up. Uh, and there will be sort of buffs for those as well. Um, and there is also going to be a new mini game, mm. um, which is basically a card game meets Tetris. So the idea is that you've got like um, a grid, which is meant to be sort of the map of 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 a Splatoon match. Um, and then you have your cards and each of those cards are like different sort of Tetris style shapes. And so you have to lay them down to cover the grid with as much of your ink as you can. But you do that through collecting cards. So it's not like a card battler. It's kind of like you're playing Tetris, but through collected cards. And I think that's a genius way of like tweaking Splatoon into a minigame. It's like it's just perfect. I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that, and it's out in less than a month. Yep, it's next month. It's out. Do you um, know what's coming out? Which this is amazing. Would you like to know what's coming out in the next uh, few weeks? Tell us, man. Uh, we've got Marvel Spider-Man Remastered is out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirby's Dream Buffet is out in six days. That is out in six. That was a surprise. Uh, announced today at the Kirby 30th anniversary concert. Saints Row is on the 23rd of this month. Um, and F1 Manager 2022 
is out on the 30th, along with Immortality. Now, that is the next game from Sam Barlow, who wrote Her Story and that other one that I also played on stream, I can't remember what it's called. Um, the one that you got angry so, with. Yes. Th that doesn't narrow it down. Um, so it's it's the next game from him. And uh, yeah, that's had very good reviews already. Very, very good reviews. I don't know if I'd play on stream, but I'm intrigued by it. Anything else in the news? Uh, lots of things in the news. Um, we have some kind of sad, awful news, um, which is um, trans uh, streamer on Twitch, uh, Keffels, um, who, I mean, this is absolutely awful, was basically arrested uh, by police through a swatting incident. Um, and she has released a video um, on YouTube that sort of describes the event and what happened to her. Um, essentially, emails were sent impersonating her to every council member in her region uh, in Canada, um, stating that she had killed her own mother, was in possession of a gun, um, and had plans to enter City Hall and shoot every cisgender person there, which is just awful that someone Think like, the decided of, to do that. Yeah, the amount of time and effort that that would have taken as well, and research, that is somebody who is more than unhinged that person yeah. needs to be imprisoned yeah like um and, and you so see... this person did that and and in all the emails actually dead named her um which makes it obvious that it's clearly not her it's a troll um and yet the police basically took it seriously and so she woke up with literally police in her home with an assault rifle and so in this video it's basically her talking about how she's basically like traumatized now because of this it's just absolutely yeah. awful um this happened a few days ago but it's been covered quite a bit in the news um so i guess i think a very small plus side is just that you know it's sort of opening people's eyes to how terrifying swatting is how this even happens um and a lot of people have come out in support of her um as they rightly should um, and trans rights. Um, so there is a lot of support out there for her. Including um, the leader of another, a leader of one of the parties in uh, Canada has also come out in support and, you know, some really big, well, he's a really, obviously a really big politician. Uh, he's the leader of one of the parties. Whether that will also bring up and, you know, cause something to actually happen and people to, you know, open their eyes a bit. Because the yeah, this you just see it again and again. It's it is shocking. Yeah, but like it's I don't understand. I don't understand why the police can't have. So if you're you know there be these people that are big on Twitch have like the police should know that this person is, uh, you know is big on Twitch. They can warn them. Be like you know these type of things can happen. You know if you do hear anything like this, you know treat it in this way because my. My father, now he's obviously very retired, um, he was a magistrate. And if anything was called through to the police that was related to our house, the police came immediately and it was all dealt with like incredibly differently to what it would anywhere else because he could have been victimized or he could have been, uh, yeah, he could have been targeted because of that. Like my, so my mum, I think I've told this story on the stream before, but my mum went to a petrol station with a new car and she couldn't undo the cap on the top so she's like, oh, fuck this. So she went back home uh, and the person at the petrol station 
saw that, thought my mum had stolen a full tank of petrol, even though she'd like been there for about 20 seconds trying to open up the thing and then couldn't do it. And the police were there within like under five minutes. So they, you know, they go straight away, even though it's got nothing to do with my dad being targeted or anything like that. It's, you know, the police are there straight away. So you can do that. You can have certain houses that may be high risk or the high risk of certain things. That's what something that needs to change. So that's the really shocking thing about this is that this isn't just about, um, it's not just about her being swatted. It's about the police reaction because this is not the first time that she's been swatted and yet they still treated it like this. Um, they have taken all of her belongings. She's had to basically rebuy um, all of her like tech and equipment in order to stream. She doesn't know when she's going to stream again. Um, the police are, are basically keeping all of her stuff in for forensics, digital forensics, and that could take months to get cleared. Mm. Um, and it's quite obviously a swatting. It's quite obviously a troll that's doing this. And yet, like, you know, they're reacting in this way and going to, to all extremes when it's clearly not necessary. Um, and that's why, you know, Keffels believes that it is, it's not just the swatting, it's the police reaction to it that is also transphobic. Yeah. The dead naming and everything that happened. Exactly. Just... Yeah. <sighs> yeah. The, it... Swatting is becoming more and more common. As Audrey and Aubrey in the chat said, this happened to a ton of the US stream queens last year as well. It's something that the police need to work out how to combat and how to stop. Because mm. if they... Maybe also... This happens when the police are armed. But then I imagine in the so UK, true. if somebody said this person's got a firearm and stuff, they would send the armed police as well. So uh, it's shocking but they need to work out how to stop this or how to combat it yeah exactly mm. i mean stay safe online but it's uh yeah it's it's pretty shocking when these stories come out yeah so i said dang what was her crying i joked that my mum is not doing 14 years in prison at, at the moment for acts for not stealing petrol <laughs> um some other news uh microsoft and sony are squabbling Oh um, no! Which has a lot of uh, dirty laundry being aired. Um, as we know, I'll try and sum this up briefly. As we know, uh, Microsoft is buying uh, Activision Blizzard, and as part of that deal, um, lots of companies are invited to comment um, on on this deal um, as it goes through, uh, basically to sort of check for like anti-competition and monopolies and all that kind of businessy stuff. What's interesting is that in Brazil, this stuff gets aired publicly. So it's basically through Brazil mm. that we are that we're hearing about this. Um, and so, of course, Sony have objected to Microsoft buying them because Microsoft is their biggest competitor um, and they don't want Microsoft to buy Activision. And they have basically come out to say, you know, Call of Duty is huge and Microsoft shouldn't be allowed to have that because obviously Call of Duty is, is very popular on PlayStation and all this kind of stuff. And Microsoft have then turned around, and this is the really shocking thing. Well, not shocking, but what Microsoft has said is that um, PlayStation have actually been paying developers blocking rights to prevent them from putting their games on Game Pass. So they're basically sort of paying third parties and indies to say, come to PlayStation instead, don't go on Game Pass. And to be honest, 
I think it would be a bit naive for people to think that these things don't happen. <laughs> um, mm. Like in some ways, this is just business. And of course, they're going to be doing deals and whatever. Um, it's a bit shady to purposefully single out Microsoft in that way. And, you know, to 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 stop people from putting their games on there. But um, yeah, it's there's a there's a lot of shady stuff going on between both companies and and this is just them airing it all publicly which is kind of just funny to watch but in part because microsoft are basically being forced to downplay the importance of call of duty in order to say that yes we want to buy it because oh but it's not that much of a monopoly it's not that important even though it clearly is um which is kind of just ironically quite amusing yeah as erina says wait till they see how nintendo operates well exactly on nintendo is yeah, I've heard stories lately about Nintendo that are just very surprising. Um, yeah. Apparently Epic was doing similar. They offered a 100% revenue split for Borderlands 3 just so they got a year exclusivity before Steam got it, whereas Steam has a 70-30. Yes, is Steam still at 70-30 or did they change that? Because I know Steam was 70-30 sure. and then nearly every other platform gives a lot more to uh, to the publishers that were actually selling it or the developers or whatever um, or yeah. the people that were selling it and yeah I don't know if Steam actually changed that at all I feel like I heard something that they had done but maybe who knows anyway business is business um, a couple of other little bits as well um, I think this year is very much the year of or, or partly the year of sort of tactical RPGs there are a lot out this year um, I've been playing some triangle strategy um, there are various other ones coming out one of which is the Direfield Chronicle which is from Square Enix um, which was first announced at the PlayStation State of Play in March um, and it's coming out on the 22nd of September across all consoles and PC but there is now a demo out for it mm, have you so played a bit it? like what Square have been doing for their other games I haven't played it yet um, is that this is basically the opening chapter of the game and your um, progress will continue into the main game if you if you wanted to buy it um it does look quite good um there are some previews out at the moment that you can go and read um it's got some some speaking of final fantasy 12 uh, it's got some concept art by the final fantasy 12 and 13 artist um it's also got a score by the game of thrones composers so they're definitely going for for epic jrpg mm. um tactical battle uh, but it's also real time tactical battle system so it's like a mix of sort of tactical strategy stuff, but all in real time. Um, it looks interesting. There's a demo if you want to go play it. Yeah, a lot of people seem to be very excited about it. Is it Tactics Ogre Reborn or something like that? Yep. There's that one. There's um, there's there's other ones. There's the Marion Rabbids game. Yes. Can't um, wait for that. Hard West 2 just came out. Um, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of that kind of game. Um, last week we talked about Resident Evil coming to Dead by Daylight. And the new characters have now been added to the public test build, which means that we finally can see what Wesker is like to play as, okay. um, as a killer. And he has his Ouroboros, I think it's Ouroboros, um, Ouroboros, whatever. Uh, Your guess is as good arm. as mine. He can, he can throw people. Um, and he also has a massive ass. So people are loving playing as Wesker for his big bum. Okay. Well, I need to Google this one second. Uh, of course, he needs to suddenly Google this. Just to see. 
Yeah. Oh. I mean, people always thirst after the killers, so it's no surprise. But you know, people are very much thirsting after Wesker in a kind of "You've got a big ass, please throw me against the wall." Yeah. Uh, um, have you been playing any of the DVD uh, romance game? Uh, I did play through it. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mention that. I should have talked about it. Um, I have played Hooked on You. I was not hooked on Hooked on You. Okay, there. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> if you've not, if you've only played Final Fantasy XII by the, this time next week, you can give us a good old rundown on uh, Hooked well, on You. Well, two weeks time. That's right. In two. Okay, you better have, you'll have played something different by then. You definitely will have. I'm gonna play Cult of the Lamb. Yeah. And so we'll have that to talk about. There's another game as well, isn't there? Uh, another one I'm reviewing. Yes, but we'll mm, get to that we next will. week. Um, and then uh, two weeks. And then the last thing is that uh, a new fighter has been announced for Street Fighter Six, and she's called Kimberly, and she is the first female African American fighter in Street Fighter. Um, wow, which is great. Yeah. Um, also quite. Surprised. It feels like it is surprising. Yeah. I think she looks awesome. Um, she's got a very kind of '90s vibe to her, um, which I think is really cool. I'm slightly concerned with the description of her from Capcom. Um, that says that her moveset has traditional ninja ninja techniques, but with an added urban twist. And it's just always really cringy when there's like an African-American character that gets described as urban. Um, but I do feel like they are very much westernizing Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are really pushing like a hip hop um, sort of influence in the um, in the soundtrack um and going for that kind of 90s hip-hop street kind of vibe which is kind of back to the original games from the 90s but slightly more modernized um i think in terms of character design i think she looks really cool i think her moveset looks awesome and i really hope that that's going to bring uh you know a new audience to street fighter and represent um a whole new audience out there um and i really hope that people want to play as her because i think she looks super cool it is just i just don't like urban twist as a mm. phrase. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I wish I'd liked fighting games. <laughs> I've never been good at them. Never enjoyed them. I've never been good at them either. Maybe that'd be more fun. Uh, yeah, you like your Smash. Even I can't even get into Smash. That's that's my limit. Smash is my limit. Yeah. All right. Well, that was swapping joysticks. That was the news. That was the news, and that was swapping joysticks. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have listened and enjoyed it and whatnot, go and give us a subscribe on your favorite podcast player, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any others. Just search for swapping joysticks. We're on there. You can give us a follow, and also, uh, yeah, some of them you can even like rate us. Mm. I think we've got an average of five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts. Is that out of ten or <laughs> no? Out of one. Uh, oh, like, out, no, of sorry, one. Out, out of one. Sorry, <laughs> no. Out of one review that's given it, uh, which was me. So I gave it oh, a nice great. five stars, and that's the only <laughs> review it's got. So you know, I'm happy to keep it uh, like that. Um, we even have a widget on May 9's home screen. Excellent, incredible. Yeah, I was. Um, and also, also, I- also go uh, like and subscribe on YouTube, <laughs> uh, where we have videos up and make sure that you're ready for the next F1 video this weekend for all of the uh, the mayhem on Monaco. Thank you so much as well for everybody that watched it on uh uh they watched it on they watched the the first round in Miami on YouTube. We got loads of views um on there and I hope you enjoyed seeing well 
my I was screwed. Not gonna spoil it too much, but I had the Ferrari treatment done to me. And uh yeah, you'll you can go and watch that if you'd like. And the the yeah, the round two will appear this Saturday, this Saturday morning, if I upload the right video this time. And you'll be able to watch that uh from nine AM UK time and in which we were both screwed, and I'll say no more. Yeah. It was it was a very different race to the first one. Very, very, yes. very different. And you'll see. Yeah, I've got to edit that after. That's why we're not going to stream too much longer. However, we are going to be playing some Splatoon 2 in just a moment. But yeah, if you want to find me, you can find me at Biggest Benis pretty much everywhere or Biggest Benis 1 on Twitter. Ed Nightingale, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Ed underscore Knights. And where do we see your writing? On Eurogamer. There you go. So go and uh, go follow Ed and me and whatnot. And uh, yeah, we will see you in two weeks' time. We will be taking a, a little break next week for Ed's birthday. He's demanded my full attention on that day. So uh, we'll have to do the podcast the week after. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Bye. See you next week. <laughs>